companies um, in general, banks in, in particular, need to get a grasp of the the way customers are interacting with them. Not 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 anymore mainly through physical retail channels, but now through digital, but in particular now the the mobile app. The pandemic has acted as a powerful catalyst for market dynamics already in play, most notably the switch from in-person to digital banking channels. Apps collect vast amounts of unstructured customer feedback in the form of verbatim comments that accompany app ratings. These comments used to be mainly complaints about table stakes technical stuff like security, usability and reliability. But these days, they are as likely to be about complex banking functions or customer journeys such as managing payments or locking and unlocking card features. App data is fast becoming the most reliable single source of customer feedback for the whole bank brand. And because of its universal availability across all brands, it's unique in the power of its market benchmarking capabilities. In this episode, we talk to the latest Touchpoint team member, Nick Young. Nick has more than 20 years experience in customer analytics, pricing strategy, and revenue optimization for financial services around the globe. He is an expert at leveraging deep learning techniques and predictive analytics to transform business processes and reimagine customers' experiences. During his career, Nick has pioneered the use of predictive analytics and big data for customer behavioral forecasting and optimization. He's also led companies in the UK and in North America. Welcome, Mr. Nick Young, the uh, the irrepressible Mr. Nick Young. How are you today, my friend? Extremely well. This um, sunny, fine morning in um, deepest Middle England. How are you, Glenn? This evening is dark. Pretty, pretty, pretty damn marvelous. This is the deepest, darkest middle of England. <laughs> It's actually looks looks like a stunning day out there. But anyway, um, welcome to Touchpoints. Welcome to Touchpoint, the company. We are so excited to have you on board with the wealth of knowledge that you bring to us. And let's kick off by how I always start with these. Give us the two to five minute life story of how you ended up where you are today. So I suppose I've spent about, you know, it seems like an awfully long time now, about the past 20 years doing um, customer data analytics. And the critical thing I've been interested in um, is how to operationalize the insights to create business value. And what I've, I mean, I've learned quite, I made a hell of a mistake, but um, I've learned a lot. So what I've learned is that the best, actually it's quite interesting, the best way to operationalize insights from data analytics customer data analytics is to somehow bring the customer to life for the people um, closest to the customer that have to make decisions based on the content of the insights Uh and what that means is that the the analytics can't really be a black box you have to be able to somehow transform the segmentation in particular into real customer personas. And 
I've been doing this in some fairly, you know, important from a, you know, a, a, a business point of view, but but not necessarily the most glamorous areas. Like I probably, at some point in my life, became the world expert in the um, somewhat obscure subject of um, predicting mortgage churn. And, you know, nobody's going to win an Oscar for being the, the, the mortgage churn world expert. The thing that's interesting to me about uh, Touchpoints and Epiphany is, is that they are actually at the leading edge of this, this brand new area called um, AI-based AI, AI natural language understanding. But most excitingly, it's being applied to um, a, a, an area, a business, business problem, right in the middle, at the heart of the leading edge of um, um, where businesses are today, and in particular where uh, financial services businesses are today, which is trying to um, realign themselves around the um, digital experience of their customers. And because things now move, uh, you know, like um, speed of light, to be able to um, respond both both operationally and strategically to how customers are um, both um, feeling and um, thinking, as well as how they're behaving. So again, my experience now says that in order to be able to understand behavior, you need to understand customers' thoughts and feelings. So, so why are customer feedback analytics so hot right now? Well, I mean, that's the point, really. It's because um, companies um, in general, banks in, in particular, um, need to um, get a grasp of the um, the way customers are interacting with them, not, not, not anymore mainly through um, physical um, retail channels, but now through digital, but in particular now, the, the mobile app. So we've been um, tracking in my kind of um, consultancy work over the past couple of years. We issued a, um, a monthly tracking report, which did something really interesting. It, it, it tracked, first of all, consumers, customers' movements. Um, using some very, very complex mobile phone data. Um, and then it started to look at their um, channel usage. So the first thing that we observed um, as soon as COVID happened, and this is from a very large database in um, North America, mm-hmm. is that, you know, clearly in terms of customer movements, they were moving away from um, branch centers. So they're moving away from um, town centers, city centers. Um, and then we could observe there was a corresponding rise in um, the use of um, digital to not just to um, you know interact with your your kind of current account behaviour, but 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 to buy new products. Um, so and and then um, if you start to look at the the stats, which are really interesting. For example, um, and this is just a you know a single use case. Um, in the UK, 60% of uh, net new c- 
current banking accounts are opened on an app, not 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 just on digital generally, online generally, but on an app. So that app has now become um, effectively for many many people who you know my son has never set foot inside a, a bank branch. So to him, the app is the bank, and that means two things really. One is that um, if something's wrong, goes wrong with the app, then effectively that's bring in his view that's bringing the whole bank down. So you know the the performance, you know technical um, performance of the app and the customer experience of the app, or is is actually impairing if it doesn't work. It's either you know enhancing or impairing the brand perception of the entire bank. And in fact, um, just very recently, um, you know, in Touchpoint, we've been looking at a couple of examples of um, bank apps, bank mobile apps, which have um, launched a brand new, all singing, all dancing, uh, redesigned app. Um, And both of these have completely bombed. for one reason or another, I mean, and it's not just the kind of innate conservatism of customers who, who hate a new UI. It's really fundamental things that are going wrong around the authentication process or, um, you know, the most obvious core customer journeys like in the, um, the US and Canada, um, check depositing. So to answer a long-winded way of answering your question, because the, the, the reason that the um, natural language understanding applied to business problems operationally is so important, is that the apps are also collecting um, this incredibly large and rich and fast-moving repository of customer feedback about um, how users are feeling about different aspects of their app experience banking app experience in this case, both um, positive and negative. And the business problem up to now has been how to actually harness and make sense of all that fairly random feedback in such a way that you can package it up, um, you know, create um, a kind of conceptualized ontology out of it. And most importantly, to be able to apply that to both strategic and operational business decisions by the um, the echelons within the organisation that need to make those decisions. So that's why you know I just find this you know an incredibly exciting area. And you know the reason I joined Touchpoint is that you know in my view they they are the the leading exponents of using natural language understanding um, in order to make sense of um, customer feedback from verbatim app reviews. Mm-hmm. Now we've we've talked a bit in the past in and around Clara Bridge and Medallia, and and I think the, the terminology that you used uh, is is around different ways of calibrating the heat in the kitchen. I want to expand on that a little bit, and and the whole Clara Bridge Medallia, uh, an almost phenomenon around how they are out there collecting data, and really where the difference is in getting those insights and, and driving the, the action. So what is that? What is the difference between something like that and and what you're doing today? Yeah, good good question. So um, Medallia, you know, is a broad kind of customer experience platform, which 
which probably incorporates aspects of um, natural language understanding. Um, Clara Bridges is, 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 is more a natural language understanding platform. Um, incidentally, both of these companies kind of got huge valuation. So, you know, Clara Bridge was acquired by Qualtrics last year for over a billion dollars. And I think Dahlia's latest valuation is over six billion. So it's, you know, just from a, you know, um, financially um, market capitalization point of view, this is a, a really hot space. Um, I think the difference with um, Epiphany, which is Touchpoint's own natural language understanding solution, um, is, is, is it goes a lot further um, towards, um, you know, creating a UI and a, a workflow to the uh, verbatim data um, that is attuned specifically to the needs of the business user and business decision making. And uh, I mean, it, you know, it's quite interesting in terms of, again, my experience in terms of product software, product development says that you really need to sort of focus it in on, on, on the needs of a particular subset of users. So for the, the mortgage thing we did was, you know, just targeted a handful of people in the world who are responsible for managing mortgage retention. So the way the epiphany um, product roadmap is going um, is, to, is to specifically tune it to um, financial services and um, people in financial services um, who, who, whose job it is to either maintain the apps, you know, the DevOps team, or to um, orchestrate customer journeys within the app for, for particular customer tasks like buying new products, or to you know keep adding or maintaining or enhancing um, feature functionality around you know essential business tasks like payments or um, current account statements. Um, and then lastly, and I think this is most interesting. Um, the, the the customer experience and brand teams that are really responsible for the whole integrity of um, the customer's relationship with the, um, the bank as a brand. And that's, to me, the most interesting thing. It's almost like exhaust fumes that come out of the, the app reviews. But we've now got this whole you know category of feedback called customer, trendily called customer love. Um, and it's really hard to shift the needle in customer love. If something goes wrong, that needle moves damn quickly. Um, and that's the most damaging because, as I was trying to say earlier, that's where the experience of the app actually impacts their entire experience of the bank. And all the bank's got, really, think about it, is its brand. And, um, you know, that's something that goes way beyond um, you know, the, the people at the sharp end of the bank to, you know, right up to the, the C-suite and the CEO. So, Nick, for the uninitiated that don't know a huge amount in regards to how we look at engaged customer ratings and banking app feedback uh, overall, give us give us a simple explanation of engage, engaged customer ratings and, and, and how it differs from your overarching app score rating and the impact that they have 
there's a lot to unpack in that. No, that's all right. Um, right. So the the the, the concept that um, effectively drives the um, epiphany customer feedback analytics in 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 the case of app stores is engaged customer rating, and an engaged customer is one that leaves both a rating and a verbatim comment explaining that or adding context to that rating in their feedback. So we filter out, you know, the great unwashed who just leave a rating in a kind of, you know, fairly slapdash kind of way. And we're just left with the people that have left the rating and really thought about it. And the effect of that is really interesting because if you just look at the vanilla ratings, um, you know, most banks get like four or five or something like that, or, or potentially one or two. But, but, you know, it's really hard to kind of prize apart the banks in the competitor set in relation to their ranking because by rating, because effectively, you know, everybody gets more or less the same. As soon as you filter out, the um, people who only leave a rating, you suddenly get everything gets shown in 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 kind of vivid, sharp relief. And if I can just try and share my screen. And for those of you that are going to be listening to this, we'll try and give you a, a good colorful description of what's on screen. What we did was, um, compared banks engaged customer rating with um, a kind of common business KPI, which is return on risk-weighted assets, which is broadly how efficiently they manage to extract value from their customers. And, you know, we were quite surprised when we saw this because it shows that there, you know, remarkably that there is a, a distinct relationship. So the banks that um, have a higher engaged customer rating score, just in app reviews, actually achieve in general um, a better return on risk-weighted assets. Uh -huh. you know, statistically, um, pretty impressive because it means that the, the hypothesis that the app now is driving the performance of the bank is is becoming true. Uh -huh. And the, uh, the other thing is that the concept of the engaged customer rating is also itself very predictive of a bank performance. So for, for those two reasons, um, you know, this is a, a, an interesting demonstration. Obviously, the, 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 you know, the correlation could and will be stronger, but I mean there are lots and lots of different different aspects of uh, performance driving return on risk weighted assets. Um, but clearly, um, the customer experience of the app um, is a significant contributor to that. Mm. So, you know, again, there's a lot of people out there who look at banking industry and think it's old and silted and stuck in the past. Uh, but it is at the fast really approaching the leading edge of customer feedback analytics well, why is that well it's because the you know banking is now moving you know as i said earlier the speed mm -hmm. of light, 
um, you know, channel migration has taken place. And, you know, all the investment in the bricks and mortar of the branch, um, you know, has, has become slightly uh, deprioritized um, mm. in relation to the, the need to invest in, in apps. And, you know, this is, you know, the app is now the, the new battleground. So, you know, we, we, we run these ranking benchmarking reports every month now. And, you know, it's clear that there are obvious winners and losers. And, you know, if you wanted to kind of, you know, make some money on the stock market, you could do a lot worse than to, to follow those benchmarking reports because they oh. do, you know, as you've just seen, they are highly predictive of um, actual bank business financial performance. So I don't think it'll be very long before, um, you know, these, these type of um, customer experience metrics start finding their way into um, financial reports, but annual and, and quarterly reports, because they are, the, you know, the mainstay of the, you know, ultimately the value of the brand. And, um, you know, this, this can't be a more important area for them. Yeah, and they also talk about those processes outside of the app itself, like um, customer service, um, product features, and what does all what does it all mean as far as output goes for customer feedback and for people like chief digital officers and things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, obviously the chief digital officer is one of the main consumers of of, of these insights because he has to run the, the channel um, and he's also responsible for its um, ongoing success or failure. Um, and obviously he's got, you know, people responsible for um, DevOps, um, uh-huh. journeys, um, features and all the rest of it in, in putting to that development roadmap. But as, as, as we've seen, it's increasingly kind of spilling beyond the, Chief Digital Officer into you know the the the, the, the custodians of the whole bank um, brand and you know it won't be very long oh, but it's, it's happening now actually we are being asked to help uh, digital teams prepare sea um, level um, reports in other words all this stuff is going to go straight up to the operating board um, because it's now recognised. To be, um, you know, the, the 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 main signal uh, mm-hmm. in terms of customer, their customers. Yeah, it's mission critical feedback, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's all sorts of other reports and things out, out there. Um, your JD Powers and your Ipsos, uh, you know, these MPS. There there is a, a plethora of options that are out there for for people, and and they all have their they, they all have their benefits. Um, what is it that that gets you excited? Not just not, not just epiphany, but what are the things that are out there that you look at and you think these are these are these are helping businesses progress forward, and why? Yeah, I mean the the JG Powers and the Ipsos is a fairly old school in that they're mm-hmm. you know I mean they I mean they are very kind of um, you know highly reputable and you know published widely, so people have to take notice of them. But they're fairly old school, so they're kind of you know. Quant um, research, we've, we've kind of closed questions. Um, you know, they sample um, 
but but the sample um, isn't necessarily representative of of people that are you know engaged with their mm-hmm. app at that point in time. Um, so I think you know they they have um, you know important, but they have limited um, utility from the point of view of um, practitioners. People have to kind of um, operate within the bank because they don't tell you very much about what to do if you are some way down their their league table. So they're not much mm-hmm. diagnostic at all. Um, then I mean the one then there's I mean the one that comes I think closest to um, the, the the type of benchmarking reports that touch points are issuing from from Epiphany for the banks is Bain Prism. Um, mm-hmm. And you know obviously Bain are the owners of MPS and invent you know they've got the brand name for customer. Um, that 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 is is good. It's pretty detailed. Um, it bothers to actually uh, drill down to specific customer journeys and benchmark banks against those those journeys. But it doesn't really um, utilize um, customer feedback, verbatim feedback, to create those journey ontologies. Those are those are kind of preconceived. So if a new type of customer journey comes along, um, you know, something to do with crypto or something to do with mm-hmm. buy now, pay later, Bain has to catch up. Whereas Epiphany immediately sees that phenomenon, those those new trends, customers talking about those things within the live app store data and, and immediately creates a concept around it and tells you how important that concept is. So the difference, I think, really is that at the end of the day, Epiphany is based on what customers are saying, not um, what customers are being asked about. And I think that's the important thing, because the question, to some extent, frames the answer. Whereas with Epiphany, you're actually base, basing the ontology on customers talking themselves. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the the scary version of that is you're getting the answer before you're potentially needing to ask the question. No, exactly. Hmm. Well, my friend, we could go on all night or all day in your case talking about this. Um, It's been fantastic just scratching the surface of some of these insights and look forward to having many, many more conversations with you as we progress over the months looking at the various performance in the different markets so thanks for giving us your time we're excited to have you on board and really looking forward to uh, many more conversations in the weeks and months ahead my pleasure glenn me too thanks for listening into this episode which is made possible by the team at touchpointgroup.com the customer intelligence company you can partner with to rapidly translate your customer feedback data into actionable insights that will enable you to prioritize actions that make a demonstrable difference. You'll find a link to their website in the show notes. Thanks again. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and see you soon.